You're Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing and want to catch up on previous episodes you've missed or stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subbing is always free and keeps you up to date, so you'll never miss a brand new episode. On tonight's show, I thought I would do a couple of things. I will talk a little bit about the Moose first and, and give some thoughts on some of the young Jets prospects, including some players who you maybe aren't thinking about as much yet, but will probably play a role in Winnipeg's future. We'll also take a look around the league and check out some of the scores from yesterday and tonight, some of which are very interesting, some of which might be surprising for folks who are maybe not tuned in as much to like the Eastern Conference teams. And man, one of the results from last night, of course, was uh, Ottawa beating Calgary, and I feel like a lot of folks are maybe starting to realize that the Sens aren't just a pushover, and that they may not be the worst team in the North. Quite a few squads might be able to make a vie for that title, so we'll figure out who is actually the best team in the Northern Division and who might be the worst. Let's start out with the Baby Jets, though, and I have some interesting thoughts after a bit of a loss to the Laval Rocket, which, to be honest, I feel like has been coming. The Jets have, uh, the Baby Jets have been winning quite a few games that they probably have a, uh, well, not great chance of winning, to be honest. I think Mihail Berdin has been saving a lot more opportunities against him than most goaltenders would be expected to, especially at this level of hockey. You know, it's sort of funny because the AHL is very chaotic and very messy, and yet the Moose are somehow even messier and even more chaotic because the roster itself is not particularly great. I think the top scorer is Nathan Todd, and actually, uh, you know, before he came to the Moose, I had no idea who Nathan Todd was. I don't really follow the uh, the AHL all that closely, but I, I do recognize a number of veteran presences, and usually the Moose have had at least a fairly identifiable roster as far as AHL veterans and young talent goes. This is like one of the rare years where I just have no idea who's on the Moose, especially when you start seeing guys named like Meyer, and I think Bobby Lynch is another player. Lynch is at least slightly familiar, but the rest of the team is definitely comprised of a lot of ECHLers and veteran AHLers who have often been deployed in more bottom six roles. Now they're playing like top line minutes, you know, second line minutes even, or, or sometimes even third line minutes, which might be more than what they were playing before, especially if they were in more fourth line or rotational roles. So as you can expect, the Moose haven't exactly been great. You know, one of their most experienced players is uh, Tyler Gravas, I think his name is. It seems like he's been on loan from the Vancouver Canucks, and Gravas is one of those uh, journeyman NHLers who occasionally plays on like a fourth line role. I think the last time I'd seen him, he was definitely with the Canucks, and then previously I remember seeing him with Minnesota, and in both roles he wasn't really great. Oh, I also forgot he had that stint with the Caps too, so you know, for the most part, the, the, the Moose aren't really comprised of many actual NHL talent players. The guys who are Either present or future NHLers are, are definitely prospects. We're talking about guys like Vili Heinola, who's already played a couple of games, Dylan Sandberg, who should have already played a few games but hasn't yet, and then Cole Perfetti, who's likely to make the lineup sometime next year. The rest of the team doesn't have a whole lot of offensive support, and I, I constantly watch this Moose team, especially uh, in terms of the forward progression and stuff, really struggle to string together many offensive sequences, and when they finally do get like some sort of a counter pressure or a nice little rush, a lot of times they really can't finish it. 
the moose are messy, so it's definitely a, a rough environment for a lot of the prospects, but I will say that the guys who have really stood out positively include Heinola and Sandberg. Perfetti has been pretty good as well. Uh, not always as impactful as he'd like, I'm sure, but he's definitely finding ways to acclimate himself to the AHL level. Uh, Christian Reichel, I feel like, continues to chug along. Even though his like points production isn't superb, I feel like he continues to do a lot of the hard work, and I like a lot of the spaces he occupies. I feel like Reichel is a very smart player. He knows where he should be. He gets into dangerous passing and shooting lanes. And there's like a decent amount to like with his offensive IQ and work along the walls. I feel like there's an actual NHL player there at some point in like a fourth line role. He won't wow you with any like crazy production or anything like that, but overall just a really solid player. I've seen him a couple of times before, and in some of his previous Jets training camps, I thought he was one of the more impressive guys that the Jets brought in basically for nothing. So I like him a decent amount, and if he ever gets a cup of coffee at the NHL level, I wouldn't mind seeing him playing for this Jets team at some point especially in terms of like an injury crisis. As far as how the prospects are doing, Heinola continues to impress. He's very good at stringing together breakouts and creating nice offensive counters. I think the one thing that you can tell with him is that a lot of times he's not really sure who to use because, let's be honest, the Moose roster doesn't have many strong players in terms of transition skaters and guys who can actually handle a breakout. Oftentimes, both he and Sandberg are trying to create offensive counters and breakouts through the neutral zone, and a lot of the puck receivers don't really handle the sequence as well. It forces the back line to really work overtime in order to make sure that they don't really make any mistakes or turn the puck over, which actually sometimes leads to turnovers because they have to try and find some really good passing route to a player who's not going to butt-fumble the puck, and sometimes it's already covered. Despite some of the blemishes that result in having to overthink your routes because the team isn't exactly great, both Sandberg and Heinola continue to be very impressive. They've been great on the uh, even-strength situations. Heinola has been very good on the power play. Their passing, distribution, uh, skating, and possession, all of that remains very good. Um, I really like Heinola's defensive positioning. He's faced a lot of 2-1-1s, and he's disrupted more than a few of them. I think he had one the other night that I was particularly impressed with because he actually stopped the puck carrier and stripped it for a turnover to prevent the 2-1-1 that probably would have been a goal against. Sandberg is just like a really nice, clean, uh, you know, offensive defender who can occasionally use his physicality and muscular frame to sort of body guys off the puck, but he's not overly physical. He'll throw a couple of clean checks here and there, but I think mostly what I see with him is a guy who's really good at keeping a nice center of gravity. He's very good in possession. He makes nice passes. He can skate the puck up the ice very smoothly. And I've liked some of his offensive activations. He's had a couple of decent shots on net, and he's very capable of, of dropping below the faceoff circles, uh, setting up passing lanes, getting a couple of shooting lanes set up as well. Just a lot to like with him, and I feel like he's probably pro-ready, maybe even NHL Jets-ready. Perfetti, there's not really more that you have to say about him. I feel like he continues to be one of the smartest players on the ice. Tonight against the Rocket, he had a really great goal that was a... Uh, a perfectly read, perfectly timed interception right in front of Caden um, Primo. I think the defender on the right side wasn't really looking where uh, Perfetti was because Perfetti was way off to the left side. Cole actually read that the, the defender was going to hit a guy who was cutting across the seam uh, against the grain, essentially, of where Perfetti was directionally positioned, and Perfetti read that pass perfectly, just kind of slid into the route, stole the puck, and then ended up scoring. That is like a big brain, exceptionally intelligent read, and one that a lot of pros at that level just don't make very often. Even at the NHL level, a read that complex and, and really cleanly executed is extremely rare, so I think the Jets are very blessed to have somebody who is as smart and as intelligent 
as Perfetti is. Over the past few games, I've noticed that he's been a turnover machine. He constantly strips his opponents and steals the puck to create counters, especially in the neutral zone, so I feel like that part of his game I wasn't really expecting. People have mentioned that he is defensively industrious, but actually converting those turnovers into offensive pressure is something that I think the Jets really could use, and it's a really valuable skill set for a player like Perfetti, who's maybe on the smaller side, but has the puck smarts and brain to really make a mess of uh, almost any sort of defensive structure that you throw at him. Speaking of defensive structures, in just a moment, we will talk a little bit about some of the more underappreciated and underrated Jets defender prospects, maybe some guys who you aren't really thinking about yet, but you might want to pencil down for the future. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag needs to become your number one online betting resource. When it comes to online betting, it's hard to know where you need to go, especially a site that's trustworthy, that has all the sports you love, and is easy to use. If you still can't find the right spot, stop your search and head on over to BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, international football, and so many other sports leagues are all in full swing. If you're not so into sports, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV featuring real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Whether you want to place a wager on who you think the next Stanley Cup champion is going to be, or who you think is getting voted off your favorite reality TV show. BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds you need, so you'll always have the arsenal of information you need to make the best bets possible. Getting started is super easy. Go to BetOnline.ag either on the website or on your mobile device and sign up for a free account. And when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. In just a moment, we will take a look at some of the more underrated players on the Manitoba Moose roster and what features they might hold for the Winnipeg Jets. Before we move ahead, though, I do want to tell you a little bit about why Locked On Today needs to be on your podcast subscription list. We're covering everything you need to know about the Winnipeg Jets, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And now talking about the Manitoba Moose, there were some interesting defensive prospects who might not be on a lot of radars quite yet, but I think you should give a little bit more attention to. Some of these guys are returning veterans and have been around the Moose for at least a little bit, and maybe you have thought about them a bit, but maybe the glories of Vili Heinola and Dylan Sandberg have made you forget who these players are, and one of them is actually Jonathan Kovacevic. Now, as far as Kovacevic is concerned, he seems like a really nice third pairing or seventh D kind of player. I feel like what he does well is he's a he's a larger player with really nice, really smooth edge work, a, a pretty good shot, solid offensive zone work, and pretty decent uh, overall instincts. I don't think that he's like a particularly crazy player. I'd put him comfortably in like the Tucker Pullman class of NHL uh, prospect in terms of a guy who's probably best served as like a number six on a pretty decent team, but maybe has the potential to be like a number five at the best case scenario. In possession, he can transition the puck up the ice, and I feel like he's got a pretty decent shot, and when he was in college, he was definitely one of Merrimack's most offensively gifted players. That's not saying a whole lot because Merrimack was pretty bad, but if you have a full starting lineup, and as a defender, you're second or third on the team in terms of point scoring, that's pretty crazy. Especially for a team that just doesn't score all that much, which means you have to work double time to get those points in the first place. I don't know that he's like a really high-end player, but I do think that there's a pretty competent base and foundation there to become a serviceable NHLer down the road. The guy with a bit more of an offensive potential is definitely Leon Gavanki, and Gavanki is going to be one of these moose mainstays, I think, for at least another year or two. He's a very interesting player. I feel like he's a very offensively aggressive, transition-minded D who loves carrying the puck up the ice and skating through the neutral zone into the offensive zone to start creating breakouts and essentially set up his own shooting lanes. 
He's certainly not afraid to jump into the Russian. In fact, he actually had to tone it down a bit when he made the transition from, I think it was Cape Breton, moving to the Manitoba Moose. Gavanki is not like a super physical defender, despite the fact that he actually does, to my eye, look like a pretty decently sized kid. He's tall and strong, which means he can, in fact, shield the puck, especially when he's pushing up the ice in possession, but I really like that, generally speaking, he's just very active and constantly looking to create some sort of offensive breakout. Defensively, he's still working on his neutral zone and defensive zone reads, but that's the kind of stuff that you sort of take and give with a, a player like this. Gavanki used to be a very high event player where he basically allowed as many chances against as he did when he was actually creating stuff on the other end. Overall, his game has definitely matured to the point where he's a very reliable second-pairing defender for the Moose. And once Heinola and Sandberg depart for the Jets, I would imagine that, you know, Gavanki gets bumped back up to the top pairing. I think he's very good. I think he has the potential to be a really nice, maybe second-pairing Jets defender down the road. He's definitely a guy that I could see getting really nice power play deployments and using that really nice release and offensive instincts of his to actually get into dangerous spots and, and really help out the Jets. Right now, Winnipeg's power play quarterbacks are fairly limited in ability. You've basically got Neil Pionk, who's more of a shooter than he is a passer. And Josh Morrissey manages the other one, and I, I say manage very loosely. A lot of times, Morrissey ends up turning the puck over, creates odd man situations, and really just struggles to be offensively effective like he was a couple of seasons ago when he used to play with Truba and Bufflin. The other defender that you definitely will want to pay attention to, though, is Declan Chisholm, who will also probably be anchoring that first pairing down the road with Gavanki. Chisholm is very active. I feel like he's almost too active at times. He does have a, a bit of a tendency to turn the puck over, and sometimes he can get pinned in the defensive zone. The adjustment for him between, you know, major juniors and now moving up to the minor leagues in, in pro hockey is definitely a huge jump. He does have really sharp edge work, and I feel like his offensive instincts, especially his distribution, his vision, and his shooting, they're all really good. He scored a second goal tonight, which is actually a pretty decent scoring rate for a guy who just joined the pros. I like the way that Chisholm sees the offensive zone. He's got very good lateral edge work, and I feel like that allows him to get into very dangerous areas. He's a smart player when he does activate inside the offensive zone, and it's clear to see why he was such an effective OHL defender, especially in creating tons of offensive opportunities and scoring a, a crapload of points. He's definitely still a defensive work in progress, which isn't surprising for a kid who's now in his first official pro season, but I like a lot of the offensive tools that he brings. I feel like as a transition skater, he's really strong in possession, and as he continues to learn how to maneuver himself out of danger and avoid a, you know offensive four checks and pressure, I feel like he could be a really nice diamond on the rough as he's been called by Dobbert. You know, I feel like he's got a lot of the tool sets that make him a particularly nice blue line threat for a team like the Jets who don't have as many puck-moving, offensively-minded demon you know, as you'd like, especially for a team that really needs to support the Jets forwards. And in that respect, I think Chisholm is going to be that kind of player once he actually makes the big leagues. He does have some work to do, and it'll probably be a few seasons before we see Declan, but he's somebody that I would put in your back pocket of your mind if you want to pay attention to a really fun puck-moving D, especially at the AHL level. I hope that he's actually able to translate that to the NHL and impresses upon Maurice that he is, in fact, capable of being a player at the higher levels. He's a dude who could be a lot of fun for this team. As we go throughout the season, I'll be sure to try and give you more thoughts about the Moose prospects and how they're, you know, tracking along as they make their journey to the NHL. But that'll wrap up my thoughts for now. In just a moment, we'll check in at a couple of fun score lines throughout the NHL from last night and tonight and talk about, you know, what this may mean for the Jets as we start heading into the remainder of the season. Before we go too much further, though, I will tell you a little bit about why rockauto.com needs to be your one-stop shop for all your auto part needs. When it comes to buying service and maintenance parts for your vehicle, a lot of times you don't even know what you're looking for, and if you actually do know what parts you need, you might actually be overpaying a lot more than you need to. If you want to stop messing around and find the best place to get the best prices on all the auto parts 
assets you need, look no further than rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy, intuitive website allows you to search by make, year, and model of your vehicle and set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you'll want. Whether you're looking for a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com's expansive catalog is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. Why shop anywhere else when rockauto.com has everything you need at the lowest prices in the industry? When you place an order, be sure to write locked on the knee how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com today. Welcome to this closing segment of today's episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. I thought I'd talk a little bit about some of the score lines from last night that I find very interesting. We are, you know, taking a look around the NHL because the Jets have off until tomorrow night, which is a 10 p.m. Eastern game. Not really looking forward to the late games, but you know how that is. Back to the storylines at hand. Let's look at some of the score lines that might catch you by surprise. Um, one of the ones that actually concerns the Jets tangentially is Columbus versus Chicago. Columbus ended up getting shut out 2-0. Unfortunately for Line and Roslovic, the grass isn't always greener. And I think despite actually having some pretty good point streaks, that team in general has really suffered. And Line and Roslovic, as good as they are, really can't carry them to glory. That team just doesn't have enough roster depth in general, and I don't know if Line is really going to be there for long. I don't expect that he'll be satisfied just kind of hanging around with a team that's A, not really all that great, and B, kind of has a lot of internal drama, it seems. And now that the Habs are, are definitely looking to start changing things around, I wouldn't be shocked if Montreal ends up tendering some kind of an offer in the offseason for Line's services. He's exactly what they need, he's a very good goal scorer, and he might actually fit in with the way the Habs like to play. We also had Ottawa defeating Calgary 6-1, which is probably surprising for some folks, but after having watched the Sens really give the Jets a hard time, I'm not super shocked. Ottawa's a really funny team. DJ Smith as a coach, I feel like, has a couple of interesting tendencies. He sort of reminds me of the way that Paul Maurice used to coach the Jets back when Winnipeg really didn't have that much talent. It seems like Smith is keenly aware that you sort of have to trap and counter with uh, with Ottawa, especially because the Sens don't really have a great blue line, and their offensive depth up front is pretty limited. They don't have like a lot of really great finishers, so oftentimes you see like guys like Connor Brown are, are coming in on breakaways and stuff, but they don't really do anything with it because, again, they don't really have great hands. It's not something that they can so easily address. It's hard to find really talented finishers who can actually, you know, keep up with the Sens and play well enough to, to earn ice time, so I think it's very frustrating for Ottawa, but... Uh, you know, in this game, they basically schooled the Flames, and I feel like Calgary just got smacked around, which isn't super shocking. I feel like Calgary's days are numbered as far as, like, the GM and coaching staff is concerned. That team is super bad. Even when the Flames play well, they often still find ways to lose and blow it, and I feel like it's a situation at which you just have to start taking a really hard look at Jeff Ward's position, and you got to start making a move. You know, if Claude Julian is out there, I think Julian has to be a guy that you call up. Either that or Gerard Gallant. There are a couple of really good coaching candidates. But you also have to start asking questions about Brad Treleving's job as, as GM. I feel like he really hasn't done enough to bolster that team. The squad is still as poor as it was in previous seasons. And frankly, the Flames just can't really afford to waste the primes of guys like Johnny Goudreau. If you get smacked around by the Sens 6-1, you've got bigger issues. Like, as many goals as the Jets have conceded to Ottawa, you know, for the most part, the Jets have at least beat the Sens, and it's been, you know, whether or not it's convincing, you can debate that, but at least the Jets still get the points. In Calgary's defense, it is true that the Sens are actually notably better than people expect them to be. You know, I don't think the Sens are a particularly great team, but I think they play smart hockey relative to the talent on that roster, so 
they play a good style that's going to be really frustrating, especially if they get a lead, but you also can't have a situation where you're getting schooled by the Sens repeatedly. Speaking of North Division teams getting smacked around a bit, Edmonton beat Vancouver 3-0, and I feel like the Canucks are basically at their wit's end. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong against uh, Vancouver. They actually had a puck that was almost a goal, but it somehow just stopped short of crossing the line completely and was just sitting inside the net. And of course, that was uh, blown dead or something. And so I feel like Vancouver season just finds all the ways where they can play decent hockey and still find comical ways to blow it. Vancouver desperately needs a lot of change at the top, and I feel like this is a season in which it might be time to finally pull the plug, because if this continues, this is going to be a really bad situation, and you don't want to see guys like Elias Pettersson get really pissed off and want to leave the team. Make the move now while there's still time, and secure Vancouver's future. As far as other scorelines are concerned, Boston uh, on back-to-back nights has gotten smoked. I think they've been outscored 13-4 in two games, which is just crazy. You're going to see some weird stuff like this over the next few months, but I feel like Boston is one of those teams where you really don't expect them to concede, you know, at least like 10 goals in two games is already a lot, but 13 is starting to push it, man. Strange situation, and I don't know if they were just playing really poorly or if the goaltending really struggled, but either way, the Bruins got smoked pretty badly. You know, by, by of all teams, the Rangers and the Islanders. Not exactly two squads known for scoring tons of goals on you. They'll have to monitor that one closely because if they get a, uh, another situation like this where they start to get smoked again, you have to think about moving some stuff around the lineup and trying to figure out what exactly is going wrong. Can't say that there were too many other crazy cool score lines other than uh, Tampa Bay and Carolina playing another tight game, Tampa Bay winning 3-1. to one. The Canes, I think, are just really struggling against a team like Tampa. Consistently, it's it's tough to beat the same team multiple times, especially a squad that is as deep and as skilled as the Lightning are. Both the Canes and the Lightning will be some of the top playoff contenders and arguably Stanley Cup contenders throughout the rest of the season, so it'll be interesting to see how these teams resolve their season series. That's more or less all of the crazy action that uh, has taken place over the past 48 hours or so. We'll have some thoughts on our next episode either on Sunday or on Monday about the Jets game against the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow night. But for now, that will do it for tonight's episode. Before you log off, be sure to check out Locked On NHL. Every Friday on Locked On NHL, join Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games. From breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on Saturday night, Joe and Tom have every angle of the league covered to close your week. Subscribe to Locked On NHL on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.